0: I'm Will, and this is my wife, Dallas. Hi! And this is Not the Beginning, a podcast where a longtime Wheel of Time fan and a Wheel of Time newbie read through each of the 14 books in this long series. Morning. this podcast may not be suitable for younger audiences, and will contain spoilers. If you've not read Robert Jordan's The Shadow Rising, please proceed with caution.
1: As the seals holding the Dark One's prison weaken, she said after a time, it may be inevitable that... A miasma will escape even while he is still held, like bubbles rising from the things rotting on the bottom of a pond. But these bubbles will drift through the pattern until they attach to a thread and burst. Light! It slipped out before Perrin could stop it. Moraine's eyes turned to him. You mean what happened to. to Rand is going to start happening to everybody? Not to everyone. Not yet, at least. In the beginning, I think there will only be a few bubbles slipping through the cracks the Dark One can reach through. Later, who can say? And just as Tavirin bend the other threads in the pattern around them, I think perhaps Tavirin will tend to attract these bubbles more powerfully than the others do. On this episode of Not the Beginning, we will be diving in and discussing chapters 1 through 3 of The Shadow Rising. Note, I have not read past chapter 3, and Will is going to do his best not to bring anything from the rest of the shadow rising or the next 10 books in during our discussion so as long as you've read through chapter 3 you should be good if you haven't i recommend pausing here and going to read
0: chapter summaries as usual from dragonmount.com min arrives in tarvalin sees visions of an upcoming disaster and delivers moraine's message to swan sanche swan suggests min remain in tarvalin disguised as el Elida sees through the ruse. Whitecloak Dane, Bornhold, and Ordith arrive in the two rivers. High Lady Siroth interrogates the former Aes Pura. Fael tries to convince Perrin to leave Tyr. They are attacked by Perrin's axe. Matt, gambling with several Tyran lordlings, is attacked by a deck of cards. Barilane, ruler of Mayin, sneaks into Ran's bedchamber, where they are attacked by Ran's reflection. Perrin goes to confront Rand, but finds him bleeding and sends for Moraine. Moraine believes the attacks were a manifestation of the Dark One's taint slipping through the cracks of his prison. (laughs) Did you almost lose it at taint? I almost did. (laughs) And not specifically at the Dark One's taint, but the Dark One's taint slipping through. (laughs) That's that's not okay.
1: I hate it so much. Keep it
0: to yourself, Shaitan. I think... No one needs to see your taint.
1: I <laughs> I think that is the word I hate the most. <laughs> I think that this book series has... I did not have a word that I had a visceral reaction to. Mm-hmm. I do now. Okay. So thank you. The, if nothing else comes out of me reading this book series, if my life is not changed in any other way, you it is that I now the hate the word taint. <laughs> okay.
0: Cool, I
1: guess. <laughs> That's an odd way to start this podcast. It's a very
0: odd way to start any of our podcasts. It's especially an odd way to start a season of our podcast.
1: But you know what? We're I on feel book like four now. We are on book four, and I feel like that it's it's a weird way to start, but if we had a normal way to start, that would be weird.
0: Maybe. We don't we're know weird. what we're doing.
1: We don't know what we're doing. We're weird people.
0: We haven't released like a bunch of episodes of a podcast.
1: No, not at all.
0: And we're not recording in a closet.
1: I mean, I love my little closet.
0: Yeah, it's a big closet, but it's still a closet. One day, we'll maybe, but probably not have a separate place to record that's not a closet.
1: Probably not, though.
0: Anyway, we're on book four. We are. And it feels much more like The Eye of the World and The Great Hunt than The Dragon Reborn did at the start. Except... Except for the prologue that isn't a prologue.
1: Okay, here's the thing. Chapter 1 has four POVs from people who we never hear from. If you're, it, it's okay, just we a, hear,
0: We've we've heard from Min before.
1: Not that we've never heard from, that, that we just we, never oh, hear okay. from. Because like, we've heard from Bornhold before, too. But like, he's not a main POV. No, Neither this is, is his Min. Son,
0: this is Bornhold's son, though. We've never heard from Dane Bornhold. We've only heard from... Yeah, Ge- we have. We've heard from Dane Bornhold? I think so. I thought we've only heard from Jeff from Bornhold. No, I think we've heard from case. Dane Bornhold. Oh, all right.
1: I mean, he's a white cloak, Maybe we have, so He's a white cloak he's cloak, he resting matter. actually in peace, but...
0: Jeff from Bornhold was, I think, a good man.
1: I'm not saying that I don't wish him resting in peace. I'm oh, just, just saying I don't think is. that he is resting in peace.
0: Okay, that's fair. Anyway, we start with men.
1: We do. It's just a weird way to... It's just a it weird is, chapter. If they had just called it prologue, it would not have been weird. <laughs> and that's also weird coming from me because I sort of hate
0: prologues, in a way. The prologue made a lot of sense in book one, and in books two and three they were just chapter one.
1: Yeah. Like I in just,
0: book one, when it's Luz Theron and Ishmael.
1: That's a, that's a true prologue. Right. But anything else, calling it a prologue, I just... I It'd be like if like
0: each book had an epilogue, but it's not the end of the series. It's not after the series, it's after the book.
1: Right, yeah. It just feels weird. Like, you have a prologue at the beginning of a standalone or at the beginning of a series, and then you have an epilogue at the end of an a standalone or at the end of a whole series not at the end of each book so i don't, I don't
0: believe i think there was only one epilogue in the wheel of time but there are several several prologues
1: i just i just i don't know i'm just not a huge fan of
0: prologues that's fair i do love but an this, epilogue though but this was a prologue
1: it was and it just was weird that th- at this point i just expect wheel of time to have prologues so <laughs> although i do not necessarily like them as a storytelling manner the fact that this wasn't called a prologue is... Yeah, because you like,
0: uh, you you did you hit it on the head. It, it goes through Min, Elida, Dane Bornhold, and who was the last one?
1: Uh, High Lady Siroth.
0: High Lady Siroth, that was it. Yeah, I just read the summary. I should know this.
1: And you also just read the chapters. I also just
0: read the chapters, like, earlier today. Yeah, four people we don't really get... Perspectives of that often. Although I gotten Min before, I think we've gotten we've gotten
1: Min once, yeah, or twice for
0: like a chunk.
1: Like once last book, and then once in book two. Yeah, because she meets uh, Leanne Ninth Beer, yeah, and has a time. Yeah, I do have to say and pat myself on the back for one of my book four predictions was that Mm -hmm. we'd finally see where Min is and she's at the White Tower gate, right? The first line after the it's not A beginning, it's yeah. like, or it's not the beginning, it's A beginning. Right. All that nonsense and set up stuff. Uh-huh. Min walks through the tower.
0: Yep. Yep. Only she has long hair now and is wearing a dress. Yes. And people are calling her Elmindrida, which is her full name.
1: Oh, she tells people to call her Elmindrida. Yeah,
0: but that is her full name. Yeah, no, but um, like,
1: she people aren't just calling her that
0: well, willy-nilly. Yeah. She's, She's like, going by her full name now. Sort of as a disguise. She's Her dress and her hair and her name are part of a disguise. She hates it. She hates the name. She hates wearing dresses. She hates having long hair. She's not about any of it other than not being noticed by Aes Sedai.
1: And that's really only because someone told her not to be noticed by Aes Sedai. Moraine. That was Moraine's instructions. She would not care otherwise. She doesn't usually care about being noticed. Right. She doesn't care either way. She doesn't care if she is or is not noticed. She does not give a shit. I love men, but...
0: And not getting noticed unbeknownst to her doesn't go so well, though, because one, she's she like goes to the tower and basically demands an audience with Swan.
1: Claiming her rights that she has a yep. right to speak to the Ammerlin without people present.
0: Yep. Apparently any woman in the world has that right. Yes. Um, which is interesting. I can't... It, it's obviously surprising to the Aes Sedai that, I that uh, Min is exercising the right.
1: That she even knows about it.
0: Right. But it's interesting that anybody, any woman in the world could do it. Yeah. But on the way up to the Ammerlin study, she runs into Gawain. Who's <laughs> like, like, you're ew. Min. <laughs> Where's my sister? <laughs> the disguise did not work. Fortunately, Gawain is so pretty that the novice guiding Min is so distracted by Gawain's handsomeness that she doesn't even pay attention to the the conversation at no, all.
1: she doesn't. At she's all. Like, because she doesn't. she's questioned
0: very sternly by Elida later.
1: She says out loud, she's like, he's not as pretty as Gal- Galad, but he is still pretty.
0: Right. <laughs> it's like poor Gawain.
1: I think Gawain's prettier than Galad based purely on, like, he's got a better personality. So, like, yeah, sure, Galad's a 10, but he's also a stick in the mud, which makes him like a 7. Galad may be an 8, but let's, he's funny, which makes him a 10.
0: Let's put it this way. Galad in terms of looks only is the landfear of men. <laughs>
1: <laughs> landfear she's a 10 but she's crazy. She's a 10 <laughs> she's but a she's five. crazy.
0: She's a 10 but she wants to fuck a dead guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, She has some competition with Berylaine who wants uh, to... Yeah, Berylaine
0: uh, wants to get on it.
1: Get on the Rand as well. Yep. Although she doesn't believe the Rand is just lose Theron Telamon no. like Lanfear does. Yeah. No. Although I have a theory. We'll get to that later. We'll get
0: to the theory. So Min's in Swan's office. They talk a little bit about current events. This is the recap section. It's just, it's recap via rumor.
1: Yeah, we get a lot of recap, and Min goes through all of the visions that she saw.
0: Yes, there are a lot of them, and they all have to do with some sort of calamity in the tower.
1: Yeah, so she's she walks into the tower, and immediately she sees the, fir- the first three Aes Sedai she sees. She's like, yep, all of them are going to die on the same day. And then she sees Sherium, who is battered and bruised. Yep. Then she see- sees another Aes Sedai, a brown Aja, also surrounded by death. Yep. Sees I is Sara the one that walks That's the novice. Her? That's yeah. the novice that walks her. Has a silver collar.
0: Which is not a great sign.
1: Gawain is to be wounded on the same day that all the Eyes that I die. Mm-hmm. And then when she sees the Emerlin, she sees the Emerlin naked on the floor and she's like, I don't know what this means and she tells the Emerlin that. She's like, Oh, it probably just means I'm gonna take a lover. Although I don't really have time for lovers. Who why would I have time to seduce men? <laughs> <laughs> when there's other things to do. Did you notice the little correction? I, I made? did.
0: <laughs> I did. I still maintain that Swan is by. Moraine, full on lesbian.
1: <laughs> I can see it. Swan However, I feel like once Swan's with Moraine, doesn't matter. Only or only Moraine. That's fair. Her attraction I feel like Moraine. I feel like Swan's attraction is Moraine, not Maybe. Not the fact that Moraine is a woman.
0: Maybe. Swan just... definitely sees Moraine as an equal. Yeah. And a partner. And I think she is unlikely to view very many people as partners.
1: That's fair. Even I, though she does have a I order. I did just have to correct it.
0: You did have to, because yes.
1: And I write in books, so might as well.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, they, they go through all that stuff. They start talking about the prophecies of the dragon. And there's there's an interesting thing here that is kind of echoed by Ruark later, where the Amaralyn is talking about how the... Prophecies describe how Rand is known as the dragon and not predicting what Rand will do. It's not so much prediction and calling things that will happen, but more a set of proofs that this is what the dragon reborn will do.
1: It's not these things make him the dragon. It's him being the dragon makes him do these things right,
0: which I think is actually a really interesting. Like you don't see that take on prophecy very often. And it's interesting to see that, especially the Aes Sedai. And it kind of does inform some of Moraine's choices earlier in the series. Yeah. Where Moraine's not viewing it as, she's not trying to push Rand to do things. She's just trying to push Rand to be the dragon.
1: Because he's, and I think Swan says something to the effect of, he is the dragon no matter whether these things happen or not. Right. It doesn't... Like He doesn't have to do these things in order to be the dragon. Him being the dragon might make these things happen, but ultimately if they don't happen, he's still the dragon.
0: Right. Especially because and as far as the Amaryllin is concerned, there's a whole other set of prophecies and whatnot for he who comes with the dawn, which is like the Aiel chosen one. And The Amaryllin says that there are basically thousands of prophecies about what the dragon is going to do, and they all kind of conflict. They have an idea of which ones are probably right and which ones are probably wrong, but the prophecies are less prescriptive than descriptive.
1: Yeah. And so as, like, they're talking, Min suspects— Min's very focused on this, something's going to happen to the tower. Yeah. And she's like, Amerlin, why aren't you caring about this? And Min's like, maybe it's the White Cloaks. Maybe the Chan are going to come. Because, you know, collars. Yep. And Swan's just like, yeah, 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 whatever.
0: Yeah. I don't know I if that's- want you to
1: stay here. And catch Black Aja in the tower. Let's put some makeup on you. Poor Min.
0: Oh, Min's going through it.
1: Just let her be her.
0: She just wants to tomboy it up.
1: Just let her... Just let her be gender non-conforming. Yeah. Don't force her into a dress.
0: No. Yeah. Let her it's present her gender
1: how she chooses.
0: Yes. Although, in this case, given that Elida has recognized her, a disguise is definitely a good idea.
1: Yeah. Well, clearly just slapping a dress on her and having her have a little bit longer hair doesn't, doesn't do much.
0: Although, the thing that we do learn from Elida's point of view is that Elida is insanely suspicious of Swan. Yep. Like, to the point of, like, conspiring with, or potentially conspiring with Alviarin, the Asadai who approaches at the end of her POV, to do something. Yeah. They're doing something. It ain't good. They're, like, trying to find proof that Swan is a traitor.
1: I mean kind of because she's being secretive and doing things and she's and she's trying to control the dragon instead of stilling him.
0: Right. Or what gentling. Is
1: gentling him.
0: Yeah. Which, you know, Elida wants probably wants to gentle him, which would be a huge fucking mistake, if that's even possible. I don't know. Like would the pattern even let that happen? I don't think so. It's it's I an interesting think question. Somehow
1: it would be like a backfire with Ron's wand and Chamber of Secrets, just like they tried to gentle him, and then all like, he's just Udo reverse card.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Yeah, so Elida is very suspicious of Swan, and is sneaking around. Yeah. We also get Barnhold, who is not having a good time and also causing other people to not have a good time partially because he's a white cloak and partially because he's like capturing and killing tinkers
1: i that's, i was really confused by this whole section because it sounded like he was killing tinkers but then it was like it was it's ordyth. ordyth
0: yeah or so ordyth is the one actually well ordyth is the one who bornhold thinks is killing the tinkers it's not confirmed who's killing it but he is holding the tinkers captive that is certain
1: yes and valda keeps getting mentioned and is he in the show kind of a combination of Ordeath and like personality wise cuz it seems like no. Ordeath is a little bit like a
0: Ordeath is his own man Ordeath is an interesting character we will learn more about him
1: I just uh, these white the white cloak sections I barely read them cuz I just <laughs> like I don't understand what's happening they always come out come in and it at a weird time, and I never understand what the point of them is, and then we end up getting that information later from someone else's POV. So I just, the, my brain just is like, these are unnecessary. The
0: point of this is is three things: one, Bornhold is laser focused on uh, paying Perrin back for the perceived killing of his father.
1: Perrin didn't kill his dad. Perrin
0: didn't kill his dad. He doesn't know that. The Perrin only thing he knows. Was barely
1: even there. Perrin
0: was barely even there. The only thing he knows is what Bayar has said, and Bayar is. Crazy.
1: And focused on Perrin. And focused
0: on Perrin. So Bor- Bornhold is there to get revenge. He's he's in the Two Rivers. He's not being nice about it, but Ordeath is there and is being way less nice about it than Bornhold even is. That's the point of that section. There are White Cloaks in the Two Rivers. It's bad.
1: See, it wasn't even clear to me that they were in the Two Rivers. I thought they were on their way to the Two Rivers.
0: I mean, they, they're they like right on the outside. They're at Terran Ferry. They're yeah, like it was just right very. Right on the outside of the Two Rivers.
1: Yeah, I was very confused. The, the White Cloak sections, like, I I can read them four and five times and I do not understand what
0: happens in them. That's gonna be a little rough later. The white cloaks don't really go away. I don't know. This is this section of the series is where each book starts to run together for me a little bit. I mean, and,
1: but I, that's also why, you know, you're rereading them and that's why we're doing this podcast is right. to fill in the gaps where my brain just goes, no. Yeah. Which apparently is boreholed. Just, yep,
0: just any, anything with the name Bornhold, Jeffram, or Dane.
1: My brain goes, no, you are not going to understand this, whether I want to or not. Okay. It just is, my brain just goes, nope. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know.
0: We get one more point of view in the not prologue, and that is, hi, Lady Suroth.
1: My brain almost went nope with this one, too, but I well, think I got the gist. It is
0: a Sean Chan... POV, which are uh, weird to read because the Sean Chan, what I I do like about the Sean Chan, and there's not much to like about the Sean Chan because, you know, slavery, but what I do like about the Sean Chan sections is they highlight how different the Sean Chan culture is. With, With the rest of the POVs, all of the people, like, you know, we're not in the world of the Wheel of Time. It's based on a time either long ago or f- really far ahead. So you know we don't share the same culture as the people in the West, but or the East, whichever direction I don't remember the map, whichever direction the the mainland is. We we can kind of understand their cultural cues for the most part, except for the Aiel. We don't because they're yeah. different and. But we also don't understand the Shang-Chan social cues because they're different. And it does a really good job of highlighting even subtly, how very different shang culture is.
1: Is Haile Suroff Shang-Chan or is she? Yes. Okay. She I...
0: is like a, she's a high lady.
1: <laughs> I just, I'm like.
0: And that it's, section it's actually been... happens in Shang-Chan. Shang-Chan. is also the name of the country.
1: See, is so confusing. <laughs> this was a very weird way to start this book and I don't like it. It was. That's fair. I, I would have rather they started with a Perrin chapter. That's fair. Like, if they had started with that and then switched to this, I, it just...
0: This whole beginning section is weird, because even when you get out of chapter one, they hop between Perrin, Matt, and Rand mid-chapter, which is not something that happens a lot in the first three books.
1: No, they switch between...
0: Not in the same chapter. Yeah. There's usually a chapter break. No. Not, little... And not as often.
1: But, yeah, it just... It made it hard to get into this book already. That's fair. Switching, but be- because like every time it switches between POVs, it slightly takes me out of the book. You know, like when you are reading and you get like into a book, yeah, and you're continuing to read and you're continuing to read, and you're still in the book, yeah. And then like something, you look up from the book or you have to go to the bathroom and you kind of take it out of the book. Mm-hmm. For me, sometimes the POV switches do that. I okay. lose my groove, and so like the this- way
0: that chapter switches don't. Okay. That's weird, but okay.
1: Because, like, and it's really just with POVs that we don't hear very often. Because, okay. like, the switch between Perrin and Matt, I was like, okay, we're switching. I think it is when it switches mid-chapter, because I expect a chapter break to be a POV shift. Uh-huh. And so when it is there, I'm like, okay, my brain expected this to happen. Whereas if it's midway through, okay. especially with POVs that I just don't hear very often. I'm not used to their storytelling later. Sure. It just took me completely out of it, and so I didn't really quite get... Like, I still don't know what this book is going to be about.
0: No, it doesn't and it won't become clear for a little bit. This book is far more than the other three character-driven. It's driven by what the characters are doing and not necessarily what the plot is dictating.
1: Yeah, but there still has to be a plot, and I don't know what it is. Uh, we're, I mean, we
0: got a hint of it. We got a hint of it at the end when... Rand is in his room all bloody and is like, no, nah, I'm asleep in my own blood. Because that's kind of what happens.
1: And Lynn's just like, respect, and then walks Pretty out. Pretty
0: much. <laughs> yeah. So, See,
1: that chapter, like, if it had, like, I don't know, it just felt like, it felt like all of the POV stuff at the beginning could have been at later dispersed through. I mean, I have, I'll have i have to make up judgment. Maybe. Maybe as I continue to read, but, like... That stuff could have been Chapter 3, and it would have been fine.
0: The Min stuff, the Min and Elida stuff could not have been maybe the Bornhold Why stuff. Why do we
1: need that stuff beforehand, though? Like,
0: um, If I had to guess, it's probably because Min comes back up.
1: Not. I'm just saying you could have swapped Chapter 1 to be in where Chapter 3 is. Hmm. Like it, maybe. Or just call like it, it a would prologue. Be... If you had just called it yeah, a prologue, it, it a probably prologue. wouldn't have been... A problem. I just, I don't know. Yeah, because I
0: feel like having having that chapter after being with the boys would be way more jarring.
1: That's fair. I just, I don't know. I t- it like took me a bit to get into this. And so I really like don't really know what happened in the first chapter past Min and then we get some Perrin stuff, which I really
0: enjoy. Yeah. Let's talk about Perrin. He's itchy.
1: He is because he has a beard. He has
0: a beard. And, and Fayil
1: likes it. And, and he, that's
0: why he hasn't shaved it.
1: <laughs> he's like, she, she hasn't asked me to keep it, but she doesn't need to. I just am.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Perrin. Okay, Perrin. And, and I like beards. I get it. They're clearly an item.
1: Yeah. They've clearly, you know, he almost died for her. So, you know, that accelerates yeah. the timeline a bit.
0: Although, let me tell you that their relationship is fun now, but it doesn't stay fun.
1: Yeah. I figure.
0: The bickering is kind of fun, but it it hits an expiration date.
1: Yeah, because she's still like she just like slaps the shit out of him. She
0: really does. I'm
1: like, what the fuck?
0: Chill out a little bit for you. That's just
1: straight up abuse.
0: Like, yes, Perrin is, she's right, Perrin is a bit overprotective, but I feel like that's not entirely unearned. He has been face to face with three
1: of the Forsaken. Yeah, and he, you know, did have to actually save her from being stuck in some dream world. Yep, like... and then again from an axe. Yeah.
0: Like, it, some of it is probably warranted. She's right that he doesn't need to treat her like she's made of porcelain. Yes. But I, the, the whole thing is just, just kind of exhausting to me. And it's because I've read the whole series. And so I don't like, I don't want to like necessarily color your opinion of it right now because you're having a good time. It's fun. They're bickering. They're very grumpy sunshine.
1: They're very grumpy sunshine. And most of their bickerings that that bit did bother me. The later the later bit when they're walking to go confront Rand mm-hmm. because Perrin thinks that Rand is the reason the axe tried to kill him. And they're going and like some guy kind of like looks at Fail for too long and mm-hmm. he kind of glares after the guy. That bickering was cute and fun. Because yeah. she's like, Are you jealous? <laughs> yeah. And it's like it goes back to like but a it's, more equal footing.
0: It's the uh it's the Perrin being overprotective and Fael baiting that overprotectiveness that gets and annoying. She
1: also just like slaps the shit out of him and it's just like not cool. Right. Like, if if it had been the other way around, everyone would absolutely hate Perrin. Oh yeah. And so like The
0: Perrin's a big strong blacksmith.
1: Doesn't mean he deserves to get slapped by his girlfriend. You're right. Like yes. get it together.
0: hmm
1: Like I, I can I can understand, like, maybe, like, swatting him over the head with, like, a newspaper. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Or, like... But, like, She's also on, in, in a face slap.
0: In a slightly more endearing way, or thing, rather, she is kind of pissed that he didn't get a better room.
1: She's like, you need to stand up for yourself more. She's like, I can guarantee Matt has a better room. And then he's just like, Matt likes gaudy things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that's a fine disagreement to have, because... Faheel wants better things for Perrin, and Perrin wants... To be a blacksmith. <laughs> Perrin wants to be a blacksmith, and that's fine. I'm about that dynamic.
1: It is very grumpy sunshine. It yeah. is just like...
0: <laughs> yeah, and notably in that section, and this is not a hot take or even anything unique, in that section, when the weapons in the room start going nuts and trying to kill Perrin, the hammer doesn't.
1: Yep, Because it is. the hammer's
0: not a weapon. It's a blacksmith's tool.
1: It is, and he uses it to try to defeat the the axe I also did love he's just like she he like forces Fahil out of the room and then he has this axe he's trying to keep it away from his face and he's just like talking to it like god I hate you
0: Which is you
1: know, which is amusing to me.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it, it's a bit on the nose of like, oh man, Perrin has to choose the axe or the hammer.
1: I feel like that's why it was amusing to me. It's because it was so it, on
0: the nose. And Robert Jordan had to know what he was doing there.
1: That's why I think it's funny because he normally doesn't hit you over the head with things, but right. he was hitting you over the head with this to the point that it was kind of comedic. Yeah, like
0: when when he does make things really obvious, it's fun. Yeah. So yeah that that was the at least the initial stuff of the parent section. Uh he go he later on goes to Rand cuz for some reason Rand thinks,
1: is the lord of Tear now. Yes,
0: Rand is the lord of Tear because apparently Whoever if you holds. take the sword out of the stone you become king of Britain. Yeah. <laughs> and Tear is just swampy Britain.
1: Yeah, basically whoever holds the Stone of Tear is the Lord of Tear. And so now the Dragon Reborn is the Lord of Tear. And And the Tyrians are just like, okay, we're going to put him on some playing cards now because that's what we do. Yep.
0: No one there knows what to do with him.
1: And that makes Perrin and Matt
0: high lords. Like lords by proxy. And that's why Fael's upset. Fael's like, you're friends with the Dragon Reborn. Why are you in this kind of shitty but actually very nice room?
1: She's like, you don't even have a living room.
0: Yeah, sitting room. Sitting room. You don't even have a sitting room.
1: He just has a bedroom, and the, all of the like, you know, like servants and like helper people were like,
0: you, you sure you want to? You sure you want that room? Yeah. Like, we, he, there's, there's better rooms. There's we, better rooms.
1: If we, you have a sitting room, you could have your own bathroom. Yep. Like, no. He's I, just I, like, I think I, I don't even want this. Can I go sleep in the servants' quarters, please?
0: And, and the like head, the head of the like staff of the the. Stone was like, absolutely not. I will murder you.
1: <laughs> yeah. He the
0: compares first, her to a general.
1: Yeah, the first, like the first footman's, just like nope.
0: Yeah, nope. Which I, I actually think that that's pretty uh, interesting because this is the second time a like head, like head servant person has been compared directly to a general, pretty much because Larus in the White Tower, the mistress of the kitchens, was basically compared to a general. Yeah. And I find that kind of fun.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like they do real work. Mm-hmm. They organize a lot of impressive people. They organize a lot of people to do impressive things for difficult people. Because High Lords of Tyr can't be easy people to serve. No. Especially judging by the couple that we run across. One just like obviously Ogles, Fael, and then Berylaine. Which like... Fair. Berylaine is intending for that to happen. Yeah. Fael is not. But then they're also like... It, we get... Um, lesser Lords of Tear with Matt being not good people.
1: Oh, no, they're all...
0: They're basically like, being... I would not have my way with a fisherman's daughter because no matter how much you wash her, she will still smell like fish.
1: Yeah, they're very misogynistic.
0: Which, yikes, it dude. It is
1: not good. And Matt's just kind of going along with it, but even in his POV, he's just kind of like Ew. Ew.
0: <laughs> like... He's going along with it because it's like, I can take a lot of their money. Because <laughs> they're gambling with Matt. Let's switch <laughs> to Matt now. Matt. They're gambling with Matt. And they're, and playing, they're playing, playing cards. are playing cards. But... So he's not doing as well. And we actually talked about this in the bonus episode. He doesn't do as well with cards as he does with dice. Yeah. Confirmed. I knew that. <laughs> but confirmed. Did
1: we talk about this in the bonus episode? Or are yeah. we having like an outside conversation? I don't know. I feel like we were having this conversation when we were talking about what D and D classes oh, they would be. We were,
0: we were talking about what D and D classes they'd be. Side note: Maybe that'll come out. Maybe, maybe that episode we'll record that episode at some point.
1: Yeah, maybe we've got a couple of those. So. <laughs>
0: But yeah, no, Matt confirmed to be less good with cards, but still pretty good.
1: Yeah, enough that it's not, like, super suspicious.
0: Right, but he wins way more often than he loses.
1: And so he's, like, sitting here with these guys that he's like, these guys are kind of gross.
0: Yeah, there's one of them that seems kind kind of okay.
1: And he's like, but I'm taking their money. And he, like, and you'd think that it's a little hypocritical because we hear about Matt playing the Maiden's Kiss with the Maidens of the Spear. But they want
0: to play that game.
1: He asks them to play and then they're like, "Okay, if you like." It, it's very it's a consensual thing happening, whereas, sort of. <laughs> I mean, they are stabbing him. He asked.
0: He did <laughs> ask. He didn't know what he was asking for, but he did ask.
1: And he seems okay with it after the fact. So, yes. I'd say that he was enjoying it. He was a brag yes. about it.
0: Let's explain maiden's kiss before we get into like the the weirdness that happens with Matt. During this card game, where he's taking their uh, their money, he the topic gets on to the sea folk, who apparently there's a sea folk thing in town, and the nobles are talking about how like you know maybe we'll go down and watch the sea folk women, because
1: and maybe we'll have better luck with them. And Ash is like, yeah, I'm not really getting anywhere with the Aiel, so maybe I'll give
0: them a shot. <laughs> yeah, and all the Tyran lords are like, what the fuck you you tried to go anywhere with the AEL? They called them savages, which like, come on. But Matt describes playing Maiden's Kiss.
1: He's, and yeah, he like I think Ruark baited Ruark, him into it. Ruark told
0: him <laughs> to play Maiden's Kiss.
1: I love Ruark.
0: Ruark has a very dry sense of humor.
1: I, especially the bit with him and Lan later. Yeah, I, I'm loving Ruark.
0: <laughs> so Matt goes and asks Bane, a Maiden of the Spear, to play a round of Maiden's Kiss. He doesn't know what he's getting into. He doesn't know what he's getting into. And, of course, she's around several Maidens of the Spear because they kind of travel in packs. And immediately after asking to play Maiden's Kiss, he said he found himself with a dozen spears poking at his neck. Yep. And he couldn't move. And
1: So what Maiden's Kiss is, is that... If they enjoy your kiss, they will back off. If they do not, they will push the spear just a little bit further into your neck to encourage you to kiss better.
0: Yep, which that's uh, (laughs) one hell of a training session.
1: And Matt is like, I got nicked fewer times than when I'm shaving, which which means two things, or one of two things. Either he's a very good kisser.
0: Would not surprise me. He seems like the type to be good at it. Or? Or he just sucks at shaving. (laughs) real bad either way weird flex
1: yeah weird flex but okay i mean is it really weird for Rand or for matt though to be flexing it's not that weird also yeah of course he'd be good he'd be a good kisser matt gets around matt's a
0: little bit of a slut
1: i like it it's fun i am here for a slutty matt yeah and see like the, everyone's having a good time in that situation he's just like this is not what i thought i was getting into but I'm okay with it, actually. Right. Let's continue to play.
0: Perrin and Rand, however, would have a very bad time.
1: Yeah, poor Perrin would just be like. I think Perrin would do surprisingly
0: well, but he would just be. He probably would.
1: He would not be in his element, and he'd. Be, but I think they'd find Unless that Unless Feyre
0: was there, and then she would stab a knife all the way into him. Yeah, probably. She does not strike me as the type to be okay with that game.
1: No. But if they weren't together, and Perrin just accidentally found himself playing Maiden Spear, I feel like they'd do well.
0: (laughs) Accidentally (laughs) playing maiden's kids I guess that is what happened to Matt. But 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 Matt's chaotic.
1: (laughs) My point is, I think that even if he wouldn't actually be doing as well as Matt, I think that the Maidens might find him endearing.
0: Maybe. They're still Maidens.
1: I think they'd find it endearing, though. Yeah. I feel like Perrin has a way. Of just find, people finding him endearing.
0: In, in he definitely does have a way. You are correct.
1: He is the quiet grump.
0: He is. He just wants to sit in a corner or stand in a corner and smack some metal with other metal. Yep. So, the the weird thing that happens to Matt. So, we talked about the weird thing that happened to Perrin. He gets attacked by an axe mm-hmm. that is sentient. Perrin... The second it hits
1: the door, it is no longer sentient.
0: Yep. Uh, and it also stops an inch away from Fael's face, who he shoved through the door, and then she just stayed there.
1: Well, continuing to bang on the door, you know. Yep. As you, uh, almost fair. getting an axe to the face. Yeah.
0: Anyway, the weird thing that happens to Matt is his playing cards start spawning ghostly apparitions of the figures in the card.
1: I also read that as literally the cards themselves got bigger, and then that happened. It
0: talks about the. Yes, I, I think the cards do get bigger, but it talks about them like climbing out of the cards. Yeah, I think I, I say ghostly. I think it was actual.
1: I think it figures. was too, and yeah, which is creepy.
0: It's maybe the weirdest of these effects that we've seen, that we see.
1: Yeah, because, like, the cards have to get bigger, and then that happens. Whereas, right. like, with the axe, it just is floating yeah. around. And
0: being... Yeah, the axe is clearly explainable by the one power. From what we know of the one power, the cards is not at all.
1: That's what makes me think, because, like, Perrin... I can understand Perrin being like, Okay, maybe this was... Me- Rand's power is going crazy. Right.
0: But also, dude, have a little bit of faith in your friend. I know he's the dragon, and I know he's supposed to go insane, I but know. just have a little bit more faith. See,
1: if he had... He... If he had been like, maybe Rand is having a bad dream and everything's going haywire. Yeah. If he had been like that, I would have been like, okay. Like, that is not not having faith in your friend. That is like.
0: And a a little later on. But he's like, no,
1: my friend tried to kill me. No, he didn't.
0: A little later on, Perrin is like, what did you try to do? Which makes more sense. But for most of the time Perrin is going to Rand, he's like, why did Rand do this?
1: I think part of that is Fael.
0: could be Fail does not like being around Rand,
1: no, I mean fair,
0: fair. He's gonna volcano himself,
1: yep, but Matt, I know he doesn't know that much about the one power, but like cards growing and then spontaneously having the people on the cards become corporeal,
0: yeah, and climb out of
1: the cards. that is not one power explained
0: no I mean, we haven't seen the full scope of what the one power can do, but
1: but like, that's not, that's, like, some weird-ass, like, magic shit that's not yeah. the one power. Because the one power isn't magic.
0: I mean, it is magic. But, like... It's it's defined magic.
1: Yeah, it's not magic in the sense of, like, a magic trick magic. Yeah. Like...
0: It is very pull a rabbit out of a hat, just the rabbit has a gun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's basically what it is. It's, like, it's a magic trick that actually uses magic, not sleight of hand. Yeah. Yep. And he does hold his own, and then everyone in the place is like, what are you doing?
0: They're just pretending it didn't happen.
1: They're just pretending, because he, like, throws knives. He pulls a tom, and he's, like, throwing knives at the cards. And yep. they're like, just because you didn't have cards that would win doesn't mean you have to put knives <laughs> through them. And he and it's like, okay, guys, look at what cards he had. He could have won. Right. They just decided they wanted to kill him instead.
0: He did not possess the heart of the cards. You don't get that reference. That's a Yu-Gi-Oh reference. You're a nerd. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, both of them think that the attacks are Rand, but... There
0: is actually one thing from the Matt section that I want to talk about, and that is the nobles are unhappy and they want Matt to talk to Rand about some changes that Rand has made to the Laws of Tyr. Notably... Rand has decided that nobles should be able to be taken before magistrates for their crimes. And this is where the whole topic of like, oh, well, I would never have, I would never just have my way with a fisherman's daughter because she smells of fish. They want to be able to do that without punishment.
1: Yeah, they basically are saying, I want to be able to force myself on women without being able... Without
0: without, being able to take them to a magistrate.
1: Like, without having to go to... Like, I want to be able to sexually assault people and not get in trouble for it.
0: One, yikes. Two, good job, Rand. Three, kind of good job, Matt, for taking their money.
1: Also, just stab him in the face. Yeah. I'm all for stabbing him in the face. Just let the cards
0: do their thing. The cards were specifically after Matt, but still.
1: Or maybe, you know, not in the face because they could recover from that. Stab him in where they... (laughs) Stab him with what they'd hurt these women with.
0: Fair. Fair.
1: Eh, just tell the maidens of the fear spear, they'll they'll take care of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't even want to know what the maidens would do. That is ooh. I mean they probably deserve it, but ooh. Yeah, they deserve maybe it. Maybe they wouldn't deserve it. Not that they wouldn't deserve something, but I don't know what the maidens are gonna do. Eh, anyway. Anyway, while this is happening, while Perrin is getting assaulted with an axe and Matt is getting assaulted by playing cards, Rand is getting seduced by Caroline,
1: <laughs> Well, okay, first he has two dreams. One, he is in a forest with Moraine and Swan. Yep. He is in a forest with Maureen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the dream ends and turns into a sex dream about Min and Elaine.
0: Yep. And it's not really a sex dream. It's
1: leading there, and then he I was leading wakes up. It's leading there. Then he wakes up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sex dream.
0: <laughs> they're in a pond in the two rivers.
1: And they're gonna, st- and they're just like starting to strip, but right. they're like being like, "Hey, do you want to come?" Like, it, no one's gonna
0: bother us. No one's
1: gonna bother us. But then. And then he wakes up.
0: And then Egwene. Well, first Egwene is there. <laughs> He's like,
1: no, wait, it's not what it looks like. It's absolutely what it looks like. Yep. And then he wakes up, and Bear Lane is there he, to do the same thing, just yep. in person.
0: Bear Lane is just creeping on him. She got led into it. She, like, lied to the maidens. It was like, the, the Lord Dragon has summoned me. And she gets in there, and she's just standing over his bed. <laughs> and he wakes up and uh, summons a flaming sword, and she's like, oh, fuck and I made a mistake.
1: She's just like you know, being all like, I wanna sleep with you.
0: Yeah. She
1: and she takes she's, she's wearing, wearing a very thin robe and a very thin nightgown, and then she takes off the robe
0: and he's just like And and I'm
1: promised to
0: Egwene. And Robert Jordan specifies that a considerable amount of bosom is showing. Yep. Which for Robert Jordan is the equivalent of her just stripping like fully nude in front of Rand.
1: She... Walked into his bedroom wearing a trench coat with nothing underneath yeah, it. Yeah, pretty in much. In the Wheel of Time version. And everyone knows what that means. Like, yep. if you show Everyone knows that if someone... If a woman shows up at your door wearing either a trench coat or a bathrobe, they're not wearing anything underneath.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I that's,
1: guess. That's... Especially in say, books.
0: I can't say that either scenario has ever happened <laughs> to me. But, sure. Definitely in books.
1: Yeah, in Can't books,
0: confirm in real life. I
1: mean, if you're... Like... I feel like I'm, the trench coat thing, sure. Bathrobe, questionable, but it's the...
0: If someone shows up at your front door in a bathrobe, something's wrong. Front door?
1: <laughs> but you're thinking a house. That's true. Like...
0: If, if somebody shows up to the front of your residence uh, wearing a bathrobe, something's wrong. A trench coat, it's like 50-50, something's wrong or something's maybe good.
1: Yeah, but usually in books with the trench coat thing, it's never raining.
0: If it's so, if it's someone attractive that I know and I'm interested in seeing them naked, I wouldn't be opposed to them showing up in a trench coat.
1: Okay.
0: But I mean, in this scenario, Rand. that's just you. But <laughs> a bathrobe, I'm like, what the fuck not is happening in the house? <laughs> You're not leaving the house, okay?
1: <laughs> but yeah, Rand is not having the. Showing up with a trench coat, no, barely.
0: No, He's and she's
1: like, "I'm promised to Gwyn." She's like, "No, you're not.
0: No, you're not." And also, nobody has to know. And she's she like, pretty much she throws everything at him. Yeah, she really she, does. She tries with the robe on, and then she takes the robe off, and then she leaves the robe off. But she tries to appeal to his like mind. She's like, she's experienced at this.
1: She's pulling out all the stuff.
0: She's she's done this before. That's yeah. for sure.
1: Yeah. And Which, like, power power to her. You she know says in
0: Mayeen that it, she basically alludes to Mayen being, like, matriarchal. Yeah. Like, she's in charge. Women are free to do what they want, basically, when they want. Yeah. They're, they're seen as equals, and it's it's no different. Uh, them speaking up is no different than a man speaking up. Right. And it, it's interesting. It's an interesting glimpse into different cultures, because it's clearly not that way in tier. No. Uh and it's clearly way the opposite way in Tarvalin. Which, you know, why wouldn't it be? Because the only I I, people who matter in Tarvalin are Aes Sedai. Right. And, like, the occasional warder. Yeah. But Mayun seems to be egalitarian. Yeah. Like, fully egalitarian.
1: Her attempts at seduction are thwarted by mirror versions of Rand. Why does he have so many mirrors?
0: Because he's also... Sleeping in a bed that could fit five people—it's fancy.
1: Why are there? It it almost sounds like a mirror room.
0: Because rich people like to see themselves. Fuck, I guess.
1: I guess.
0: I mean, the tyrants are into some weird shit, apparently, or or they're not necessarily into some weird shit, but they are. There's some element of depravity to them.
1: They've got eclectic taste.
0: They do. They do. They do. Or it's just who, whatever the previous occupant of that room was into.
1: Wasn't that a forsaken?
0: Uh, it might have been. Forsyget are probably into some weird shit. I don't know that Bilal Wait. would have made himself the central High Lord. Maybe not. But uh, then Bilal someone... doesn't matter, though. Bilal never comes back up.
1: Oh, because he's dead.
0: He's dead. He, he's been bailfired. fired He's been bail fired So, yeah, it could have been Bilal, but, I, you know, who knows.
1: But, yeah, a bunch of mirror versions of him come yeah, to life and attack.
0: A little, a little tiny one. One comes off of a cup. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and stabs him in the hand. Yep, and then he like absorbs them to get his strength back, but not before like he he's got quick thinking cuz he he sees them coming out of the reflection or he sees them he sees his reflections coming out of mirrors and the first thing he does is smash a mirror. Yeah. Like and- he doesn't even think about it. He's just like sword smash go and that doesn't really work because it's already out. But he does get good it, he, that
1: does work with the rest of them before they're able to get
0: out. Yes. So he's, he fights three full-size reflections of himself in one little mini rant. And they're, like, sapping heat from him.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's happening.
0: I, it's it's weird. The These events are always weird.
1: Yeah, I just, I was like, this is weird. I'm just going to go with it.
0: Yeah. He, like, grabs the little one and absorbs its heat. It, he, like, absorbs them back into himself. It's very weird. Yeah, it, um, it, it's so But weird. he gets, like, tackled over the shards of the mirror that he just... Broke and he gets real bloody.
1: Yep, they, his they, wound reopens. Yep,
0: because it's gonna do that.
1: It's gonna do. He's just gonna move wrong for the entire series, and his wound's gonna keep reopening. Pretty much. That's annoying. It is annoying. Just let it heal, or at least have mm. it, or at least have it be like, because he lunges weird and it opens his wound. Yep. Which like, at least have it be like a really this big is, thing that it reopens.
0: This is the start. Of that wound is the start of Rand taking on damage to save the world.
1: Because he did say to Maureen after after he defeats the mirror virgins of himself and barely books it out of there, oh, she's yeah. like, <laughs> "Bye, bye."
0: Like, kind of politely, bye, and then go. I'm
1: never trying to sleep with you again. Right? I have gotten the message.
0: Question is, who's next? She's going after someone next.
1: Probably Matt.
0: Matt would be an interesting choice.
1: She'd be probably successful with Matt.
0: <laughs> yeah, but also not successful because Matt Matt will hit it and quit it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he will.
0: I don't think he's quite there. As a character, he's not quite there yet. Hit it and quit it. Yeah. But Matt's down for a friends with benefits situation with Berylaine.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. If If Matt was a romance trope, he'd either be friends with benefits to lovers or accidental marriage. Yeah. That's absolutely.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong.
1: <laughs> He'd have a one night stand in Vegas and then wake up married.
0: <laughs> yep, you're not wrong.
1: Which is surprisingly bad luck for someone like Matt.
0: Who knows?
1: But yeah, yeah.
0: Baroline Bar- Bar- books it. Rand is pretty cut up. It it seems like he's not like grievously hurt. He's just
1: like I'm just gonna lay here for a minute. Yeah, and go get Maureen.
0: And Perrin comes in, and the first thing Perrin does when he moves in is. Um, physically picks up Bane and just puts her out of the way.
1: The audacity. Like,
0: it's surprising enough to them that Chiad, who's standing guard with Bane, was like, what the fuck? (laughs) She, like, lets up with with her spear and is like, what is happening?
1: (laughs) He just picks her up and moves her.
0: And then walks Which, in and
1: then walks in.
0: And finds Rand in a pool of his own blood.
1: Which like I don't imagine that the maidens of the spear are particularly small. They're not huge. I like they're I don't think that they're petite women. I don't they're not like me sized. Perrin would absolutely be able to pick me up and move me out of the way. Yeah. But like I figure the maidens of the spear are like, you know, like like five eight at least, you know. Like they've got the aeel are
0: are all pretty tall.
1: Like I figure they're like more like your sister's height. And so that's just even more okay. impressive that Barrett's able to just pick up, like this I athletically mean, built woman, yeah. and move him out of the way.
0: Yeah. Also, that he just has the balls to do it.
1: <laughs> he gets himself a girl and gets way more confidence. Yup. He would not have picked up a maiden of the spear and moved her out of the way before before fighting. No.
0: Man, no
1: man gets laid. Has all the confidence in the
0: world. Yep. Who knows if if they've even slept together. In the show, they they will have slept together. Yeah. And that won't be as rushed as Landon and Nynaeve.
1: No, it wouldn't. It's
0: much... It it doesn't strike me as weird for them to get together and hook up.
1: Because they're not a slow burn.
0: They're not a slow burn. Landon
1: and Nynaeve are a slow burn. Yeah. And it was set up. And I think I have landed on... I don't like that they already slept together.
0: Yeah. I want the slow burn. The slow burn is nice. Anyway, Perrin moves it. (laughs)
1: He <laughs> moves a maiden of she the spear moves him, out he, of the he way. Moves a
0: maiden and walks in to find Rand in a pool of his own blood and instantly is like, go get Moraine. Why haven't you done this already? Help. Please help. And, and then he's it's like, because Rand was like, I didn't tell anyone. <laughs> and I told, I told Barilay not to tell anyone.
1: And she's <laughs> like, I'll do whatever you say." saying.
0: I'm like, come on, man. You're bleeding.
1: <laughs> he's. I, I do like the line at the end of that chapter, though, where he's just like, I just want to remember the shepherd for a moment. I don't want to be the dragon reborn right now. I'm just going to lie here and think about being a shepherd.
0: Yeah. We've kind of come all the way through the dragon, not the dragon reborn, because he's barely in that book. We've kind of come all the way through the great hunt where he's like, I'm not the dragon. I'm not the dragon. I'm not the dragon. Now he's like, I want to be the shepherd again.
1: Yeah. He's like, I know I'm the dragon and I'm not going to ever stop being the dragon. But for like five minutes, I just want to be a shepherd again, which is fair and whole ass mood.
0: Yeah. Ren's not having a good time. He he won't have a good time until after the last battle, where he's pretty sure he's gonna die. Because that's what he says to Moraine. He's like, "This wound is gonna be the thing that kills me. My blood on the rocks of Shale." She's like, "Yeah,
1: stop paying attention to." things that you don't know anything about. And that's when Lan is just like, well, then maybe you should tell him what things are about. (laughs) And Perrin's just like, wide-eyed, like, Lan never disagrees with Moraine. This is after him and Ruark make a joke.
0: They make a joke about Rand needing help shaving.
1: (laughs) They're like, hey, looks like you need to get better at shaving there, dude. And
0: he's just like... And they both crack a smile, (laughs) and Perrin... Remarks to himself that that's the only time he's seen Ruark even partially smile. Ruark is a Yul-Lan.
1: I am loving the Lan and Ruark bromance that it's that fun. moment created. It's pretty fun. <laughs> the,
0: the Ruark and Lan like, mutual respect is great.
1: And then we, like, we get Sword Dad. I've missed Sword Dad. Yep. When the fuck are we going to get a Lan you've seen? <laughs> I have not had one for two bucks now. Yup. He handed her a ring in the second book, and then was like, "Bye." Yep, I'm out. And I need.
0: You I need the I
1: need her to yell at him. Yep. Because that's what that's what that's what the. See, but it's probably already happened because they've been there for two weeks.
0: It just happened in the background.
1: It happened in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read fanfic yet.
0: You could do fanfiction up to this point.
1: I can't read it.
0: You could write it.
1: I could.
0: You have enough to write. A fan fiction scene of Lan and Nynaeve in the stone.
1: I do. Because
0: really, you don't need to know much. You know that Nynaeve is hunting the Black Aja. You know that eventually Lan is going to follow Moraine wherever, and Moraine's probably going to follow Rand wherever.
1: That's fair. I'm, But I see, like, it probably already exists, so I don't need to write it, but I can't read it because I can't go searching for fan fiction you write yet. It
0: anyway.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I gotta. If I'm going to write the fan fiction, I need to read some of the fan fiction to get a sense of what the fa- what the fandom does.
0: Just do what you do.
1: Write about gay wizards from the 70s.
0: That might not fit very well in the Wheel of Time. Gay wizards does fit very well.
1: Does. Suarein.
0: Suarein. In the 70s, not so much. Although Moraine and Swan could very well be in their 70s.
1: Probably. No one would know. No. Because
0: they're all ageless.
1: But yeah, we get we Sword Dad.
0: Yep, we got Sword I Dad. And love Sword Dad. And we learn that Rand has kind of resumed training with Lan.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what that implies. Is yeah. Just like...
0: Well, it's also Ran? explicitly said. Oh, is it? Yeah, Rand, I think Rand says it, or Lan. It's it's mentioned somewhere. Yeah. We also get an explanation as to what the fuck happened from Moraine, which is the quote at the beginning of the episode. Dark One Bubbles. Dark One Bubbles. That's what I'm calling those. The Dark One's taint is leaking out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bad. <laughs> I'm going to get a spray bottle. <laughs> I'm just going to <laughs> I'm just gonna keep one in my desk and so when we're doing the podcast and you say shit like you can that. Spray me with I water. Can Spray you with water like a cat. Okay. Nope.
0: <laughs> I'll try not to mention the Dark One's taint leaking out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no nope. anyway there is uh, actually I said the dark one thing was the, the last thing there is one other last thing one more thing as Jackie Chan's uncle would say Um, that was just a Jackie Chan Adventures reference yes I'm going real deep <laughs> into the mid 2000s <laughs> oh, yeah. early 2000s anyway it it's not really important 2000s. it's not important it's the fucking Jackie Chan Adventures anyway the What's other thing show? is that the Ayel have their own set of prophecies about their chosen one, he who comes with the dawn.
1: And they're not fully convinced that Rand is him yet.
0: Rand has more proving himself to do.
1: And so that's why they're not fawning over him or doing anything. They're just like, yeah, Right.
0: Here. Also, would they? They don't strike me as the I feel kneel like down and be subservient type. They
1: wouldn't. I feel like there'd be, like, head bows of respect, but that's about as far as it would go, and it wouldn't be every time they see him. It would just be when he's in a capacity in which that would make sense. Okay. Not. Bleeding on his bed. They wouldn't be like, let me bow before I attend to your wounds. They'd just be like, you're wounded. Right. You're just a dude right now. Yeah. But if he's like standing and commanding an army of, I don't know how the Aiel work, but like any whatever the Aiel equivalent of standing and Mm -hmm. giving a pep talk to an army, they'd be like, yes, I'm going to give you a respectful head nod of acknowledgement that you are. Sure. Leading us. Okay. That's about it. That's yeah. all I expect them to do, really.
0: Yeah. Going back a little bit before we go into our recurring segments, you had a theory.
1: I did. So I am thinking that Berylene might just be Lanfear.
0: Okay. They both <laughs> have black hair.
1: Because hear me out.
0: They both like to throw their boobs around.
1: They do. But the first introduction to Berylene we get is the end of The Dragon Reborn, and she comes with a note. From Lanfear, yep, and she's described to be very much similar to Lanfear in appearance: dark hair, very pretty, yep, just not so pretty that even Loyal is like, I'd hit that.
0: Loyal's not twitching his eyebrows at her,
1: yeah. <laughs> just normal. I feel like Fairlane is like a for Loyal of like that isn't that isn't
0: Fairlane's a ten, Lanfear's an eleven.
1: Yeah, Lanfear's an eleven. That means that she even gets Loyal. Okay, but. Berlynn is just like hey, loyal would be like yeah I guess she's pretty like she's a human yeah like I can see why you'd find her attractive but <laughs> <laughs> but she's not she's not a no gear so I'm like but with Landfear loyal's like I find her attractive
0: <laughs> very very fair
1: so the first introduction we get uh, to Berlynn is delivering this letter from Landfear and then the next time we meet her is in this book and she's sneaking into Rand's bedroom and throwing her boobs around yep. What does that sound like?
0: Sounds a little bit like Lanphier. It sounds
1: a little bit like Lanphier. Lanphier
0: wouldn't be quite so obvious as herself.
1: But she, if she's disguised herself as Bear Lane, it's a completely different character.
0: Bear Lane does have a history of being known to the High Lords of Tyr, though. She's not new.
1: She, uh, Lanfear also disguised herself as, as Els Grinwell.
0: That's true. So you think there is a a real land? There could fear. be.
1: There could be a real bear lane, and this is landfair. Oh, right. Yeah, a real bear lane. There, she disguises herself as many people, and so maybe that this maybe this bear lane is not actually bear lane. Okay,
0: interesting theory. We'll see. Or I don't know. We'll see. If Especially we'll because, out.
1: because there's bubbles going around, and yep. the Forsaken might be involved, and
0: yeah, Rand is convinced the bubbles are are the Forsaken. Maureen is not sure. She thinks it's these Dark One bubbles.
1: But it could be both. It could be both. It could be that Maybe the... the
0: Forsaken have some way of causing them to appear. Right. Because one thing Maureen is very sure on is that it was not the One Power. Yeah. Which kind of tracks with what we've seen. Like, the axe thing could very easily be the One Power. Like, that could just be flows of air. Right. The card, definitely not.
1: because no, the card wouldn't grow. Right, the
0: card wouldn't grow. Something wouldn't climb out of the card. right. The reflections could maybe be, because that could just be, like light affected. You know, it could be a weave made manifest. It could be. And
1: but they, he was but very and it came, uh, and it came
0: cool. out of the mirror. Like
1: yeah, it just yeah, the, no. the little
0: one. It just doesn't. It doesn't follow rules that we've seen. for One power. So no, it far. doesn't.
1: And the one power has rules, and so yeah. far there has been nothing to break those rules. Right. So, so yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's like all current, the stuff in the in the like first section.
1: Barely equals land fear.
0: Airline equals linker. Okay, I like it. I'm not telling you if it's right or not.
1: No, that's not the point of this podcast.
0: Not the point of the podcast. So, this was the first section. Um, very much a. I feel like there was a, a bit more to chew on in this first section compared to our previous first sections.
1: Except also not because, like, besides these weird little things happening, they're so. Separate, it doesn't feel like there's been like a big catalyst
0: yet. Yeah, well, what I was saying at the beginning is that this is more character driven, where it's like there's more character interaction than action.
1: Yeah, and there's
0: I clearly the action of all the stuff coming to life and killing people, but this section and this book largely is about the characters interacting with each other and not necessarily what's happening in the plot.
1: Well, and I think because we're still in the setup portion, one, we've split this book into 11 sections instead of 10 which means because it's bigger which means we haven't hit that 10% mark which is usually around when an actual catalyst event happens either 10 between the 10 and 15% mark is usually when a catalyst in any book no matter what plotting you're going after whether it's the hero's journey or just a three-act structure so like we haven't hit that point yet because according to my goodreads we're only 7% of the way through so, yep. we're still in that, like
0: I think. Setup I, I just way. looked up the chapter summaries. I think that happens next section. I'm not one hundred percent certain,
1: or else this would be.
0: It, it either else. happens next section or immediately at the beginning of the third section. Anyway, this is a section of the book. We do recurring segments during sections of the book. We do. We have a few of them. Let's do the first one: weird prophetic auras slash dreams.
1: So I think. It is safe to say that Min's assessment that there is going to be an attack on the tower is accurate based on all of the pictures that we got. People injured. Yeah, I think something's going to happen. I think she's right that there's going to be an attack on the tower. I think it's the Shan-Chan. Okay. Especially given what we see in High Lady Seroths. Yeah. Because she's trying to lead the Shan-Chan to go after Rand. And there's Aes Sedai being collared. Yep. Okay. So I'm thinking... It, the Sean Chan attack. Okay. It based do, on. Do you
0: think that that is a? Min
1: thinks all of these visions happen on the same day, and usually she's right about those things. She just her like she's always right in her interpretations of visions. She just if
0: she knows what they are. If she
1: knows what the interpretation is. Yeah. If she has an interpretation of it, it's right. Yeah. She's not one to just guess.
0: Right. Well, she she has a like a almost like a sixth or seventh sense of knowing yeah like she she can guess as to what they mean and then but her sometimes seventh she'll just sense know. is
1: just like yeah i think your guess is right. right like that feels right yeah so yeah i think there's gonna be an attack on the tower and swan doesn't seem bothered and she no. should be
0: she probably should be you are correct
1: because i don't think she's taken a lover her lover is no. out there doing other things trying to control the dragon yes she's not gonna take another lover
0: no she could be Polly. you don't know they do that in the tower not Swan and Moraine, though.
1: Not Swan and Moraine.
0: Um, yeah, so there, there really isn't much more other than probably an attack on the tower at some point.
1: Swan doesn't have time to have... She doesn't have time for Moraine. What makes you think she's got time <laughs> for any other woman in her life? That's fair. <laughs> she barely has time for Moraine. Moraine Very barely fair. has time for Swan. It's why their relationship works.
0: Very fair. Speaking of relationships, ship updates. We have some.
1: We have an official slash. There is a parent and Fail. They are official. It is officially a ship. It is more of a ship than Lan Eve.
0: More of a ship than Lan Eve at the moment. That's true.
1: Because they have gotten together.
0: They have kissed on the pages. Yes. Laniv has and not yet. And on
1: the lips. <laughs> and
0: on the lips. Yes, that has happened. We'll need to come up with a parent slash Fai'il ship name. I, one exists. I just don't know what it is.
1: Yeah. You did just have to Google it because I can't. Yeah.
0: No, you cannot. <laughs> so, any other ship updates?
1: Apparently, Matt and the entire Maiden of Spear.
0: <laughs> He's good at Maiden's Kiss. What can He's I good say? Good Maiden's Kiss. <laughs> yeah.
1: Weird flex, but okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Favorite moments. Last last section.
1: What is your favorite moment?
0: I think my favorite moment is. <sighs> it's hard to say in this section. I like Matt gambling. Um, I like. Perrin, I like I like Perrin picking up the Maiden of the Spear.
1: Which is my favorite moment.
0: That's your favorite moment, yeah. yeah. Um, I think my favorite moment is at the end of chapter three when Ran's just like, I just want to be the shepherd. Two. That's chapter two. That is chapter two.
1: End of chapter three is like when he's like, I'm going to oh, sleep in yeah. my own blood and Lan's like, respect. <laughs> yeah,
0: so the end of chapter two when Ran's just like, I just want to be the shepherd for an evening before I have to go back to being the dragon reborn. Yeah. Because you get a sense of just like, And and it's very unfortunate for Rand that he is this tired at this point. Yeah. Because there are ten more books. (laughs) Doesn't get any easier. Poor baby. So you said yours was Perrin picking up uh, Bane and just just putting her aside.
1: Setting her aside. Yeah. Yeah. The audacity.
0: The audacity. All right. This was chapters one, which should have been a prologue, through three of The Shadow Rising.
1: Next section will be chapters 4 through 10. Bye. Bye.